Yo, what's up, family? Hope you're doing well today. Hope you're staying warm. Man, listen, it is iced out out there. And uh, man, we just hope you're safe. Hope you're warm. Hope you're doing well. Uh, but listen, thank you uh, for your flexibility. Uh, we really appreciate you being flexible with us uh, as we had to pivot. You know, we really had in mind uh, your safety, our team's safety. You know, our teams gather uh, early in the morning to transform uh, the facility in order for us to host uh, services. And we really had your care and their care uh, in mind as well. So thanks again for your flexibility. And uh, we look forward to what God's going to do here in the next few moments, but also gathering together again next Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And listen, if you're new here, if you're connecting with us online, we're so excited to have you. And uh, we look forward to the chance to meet you uh, in person. But listen, if you are new here, would you do me a favor and text TBC Connect, or let me say this, TBC New Here uh, to 94,000, as well as TBC Connect uh, to 94,000. Either of those, we're going to get to connect uh, with you is the point. And listen, maybe you're not new here, uh, but you have a praise report or a prayer request, please, you can use uh, the same prompts uh, to let us know so we can celebrate with you and pray uh, with you as well. And a couple of things I do want to point out, listen, seven days of prayer and fasting actually kicks off uh, today. So really looking forward to that. And each morning, make sure that you are tapping in with us online on our socials with the TBC app is available wherever you consume your apps and connect with us for that prayer focus uh, for that morning. It's going to be available at 6 a.m. and really looking forward to all that God uh, is going to do uh, and really what he's going to reveal over these next uh, seven days. And then we're going to close it out uh, next Sunday, January 28th uh, with a pursuit night. Listen, we're going to pursue the heart of God together. And uh, perhaps there's something that you're believing for and you want to be around some faith. You want to be around in the room with some believers. You need to be there uh, that night. Uh, really uh, expectant uh, for God to do some amazing things. Amen. Well, hey, listen, we've been in a collection called Soul Good, where the basis of this collection is really examining our soul and looking at the condition of it. Is it healthy? What state is it in? And then asking the Lord to help us develop some healthy habits for the soul. And last week we had a conversation centered around Romans 12 too, that says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That as our mind is renewed, our patterns, our soul, our habits will become different. And so we will no longer conform to the patterns of this world that are detrimental to the soul, but instead we'll live in a way of Jesus and develop habits that are holy and that are healthy for the soul. And so today I'm excited to continue this conversation in week three. And I'm going to use uh, Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21 to lead us off in that conversation. And uh, listen, you can follow along, grab a copy of God's word, or it's going to be available here on the screen. But it says this, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Here's Jesus. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Doesn't sound like Jesus was uh, upset at all, does it? 
But he says, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. So Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. Speak to us now in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, well, listen, family, as a child, there were a few things that I wanted to become. And one of them was to be a businessman. I wanted to own things. I wanted to, you know, as a kid, call my own shots. And one of the things that I wanted to own was car dealerships. Listen, I was all about cars. Like that was my thing. Hot Wheels, Matchbox, whatever, you name it, I had it. Even as I got older, I would, I had, I had all these subscriptions to all the different magazines, Road and Track, Automobile, Motor Trend. Like it was my thing. But I remember in a younger uh, age, I remember my mother hearing me talking about my excitement to own car dealerships. And she comes to me and she says, yo, so are you going to give your mother a car? And I remember looking at her as like, give, <laughs> you can buy one. I'm like, come on now. I'm a businessman, mama. Listen, there's no giving in anything you can purchase. They are for sale. Listen, come on now. And so I wanted to be a business person. What's another thing I wanted to be? I wanted to be an architect at one point. And then I discovered how much math was involved. And listen, that quickly ended and went away. And there it began. From that moment, it was this journey of becoming, a journey of discovering. Who am I becoming? And can I tell you, that's a question that I think all of us need to ask and begin to answer today. This question of who am I becoming? Because oftentimes who we are becoming has a direct correlation to the condition of our soul. That we can look at our lives, we can examine our lives and see the path, the the trajectory that it's on. And oftentimes it can reveal the condition of our soul? Are we becoming a person that's pursuing God and pursuing his purpose for our lives? Or are we becoming a person that is slowly beginning to drift away? You know, I believe this, that the closer we move to God, we position ourselves to live a healthy life and live with a healthy soul. And of course, well, if that's true, the inverse is also true, that the more we draw away, the more that we drift away from God, the more the condition of our soul becomes at risk. And so the question uh, perhaps is asked, well, how do we draw close to God? Well, here's an answer through fasting. You guessed it. That's right. That's why we're embarking on seven days of prayer and fasting. And here's a definition of fasting. Fasting is a spiritual practice that helps focus our attention on God. So oftentimes we talk about following the way of Jesus and the way we do so is to apply the practices in which Jesus modeled out during his time here on earth. And fasting is one of those practices. But here's a few things about fasting. Fasting is not about getting from God, but rather getting to God. So we don't fast to get. 
fasting is not intended to be practiced on its own. In other words, we need to pray, right? If you if you fast without praying, you're not necessarily fasting in a spiritual sense. You're on a diet. You need to eat. <laughs> and fasting absent of prayer. Listen, it's what I just alluded to. It's a system for weight loss. And so you need to fast. And we're going to make available the different ways that you can fast. Uh, there's a complete fast, there's a selective fast, or even a partial fast. And listen, I will say this, a fast means not to eat food. You know, oftentimes we say, hey, I'm on a soul fast, I'm staying away from social media. And while I can tell you that's a good and noble thing to do, but we really should take social media breaks anyway. That's not fasting. Fasting is abstaining from food, whether that's partial, selective, complete, whether that's skipping breakfast or lunch because you know who knows depending on your work schedule you have to figure that out and of course if there are medical reasons you definitely need, need to consult with your doctor uh for sure and if you're uh, under 18 or under or are pregnant uh you need to have those conversations and, and and be wise about that but check out those ways to fast and pray and ask the lord how will he have you to fast over these next seven days but listen family i'm excited to jump in and share some of the, the reasons why we fast, right? Because it's one thing to say, hey, we need to fast, but it's another thing to know the reasons why we fast. And, you know, last week we mentioned that the definition of pride is the decision to not include God, meaning we don't make room for him, while the definition of humility is the decision to start with God, which means, well, yeah, we make room for him. And listen, when we fast, that's exactly what we do. We make room for God. We are removing other elements and other things and distractions around us, and we're making room for God, which leads us to our first reason or observation this morning. Fasting makes room for God. You know, with the aim to live connected lives, we are actually living distracted lives. And what fasting gives us is a chance to disconnect from the world and connect to God. So it's an opportunity to ask this question, this question, what distractions in my life are currently keeping me from God? Is it some habits that I've picked up? Is it some mindsets that I've picked up? Is it some activities that I've been involved in? Well, fasting disconnects us from the world which obviously makes room for us to connect with God. And fasting, in fact, I like, I like to look at it this way. It's an opportunity. Now, right now you're thinking like, how is fasting an opportunity? Fasting is about what I'm going without. <laughs> Hear me. Fasting is an opportunity because it eliminates the distractions, which gives us an opportunity to draw closer to God. That's how we make room for him. So maybe already at the start of the year, you finally found yourself distracted by so many things. And let me tell you, those distractions don't have to be negative, but they can actually be good things, but they could become bad things and unhealthy for our soul if they take up room where we can't connect with God. So we fast because it makes room for God. Look at what John the Baptist says in John 3, verse 30. He says this, he must increase, but I must decrease. So John is saying, that he, being God, he must increase. And John talking about himself, he said, I must decrease. And, and here, 
here's how we can dive a little bit deeper into that. It's saying this, that as I decrease, I experience more of God. Yeah, yeah. It's saying that as I eliminate the small distractions in my life, that God becomes bigger. Now, it's not it's not this idea that God becomes bigger in the sense like, well, okay, God grew, he got bigger. No, but it's about this. My perspective of him is enhanced. So because I've eliminated the distractions, I've made room for God. So now he has, he has increased and I have decreases. And it's important. These small distractions can pay huge dividends because listen, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. So what are the little things, the nagging things, the habits that we've carried for the last 10 years? We don't want to bring those into 2024. God, through fasting, revealed to me the little things that have been destroying the connection, my connection with you. So listen, God, fasting, here's what I'm saying. I'm asking you to increase and I will decrease. And when distractions are eliminated, you know what it does? It helps me focus on God. Because listen, fasting is like a magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah. Our senses become heightened. We can see differently. We can hear differently. The discernment is different. I feel like it's really this picture of James 4, 8 that says, come near to God and he will come near to you. So as I move closer to him, he's moving closer to me. And it's not that he didn't want to connect with me. No, I've eliminated things that were in the way. And I'm drawing closer to God. So fasting allows us to make room for God. Here's what else fasting does. Fasting gives us direction. Look at Acts 13, verse, verses 2 through 3. It says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So right here, what's happening uh, in this moment is that the church le leaders are gathering and they're praying and they're seeking the Lord about direction. And through prayer and fasting, the Lord says, listen, I want you to set Paul and Barnabas uh, apart, set Saul and Barnabas apart to the work in which I have called them. And so after fasting and praying, they placed their hands on them, prayed, and then sent them off family fasting gives direction what is the thing that you need direction on there are so many options there are so many opportunities in front of you what door do you need to walk into what door do you need to walk away from who's that person that that you've been dating that listen <laughs> should i go there now the 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 uh, dating our relationship collection starts next month together but listen it, it gives insight it gives us discernment. It gives us direction. You know, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you felt like, well, I don't know what to do. Well, listen, don't just do anything. No, choose to fast. Seek the Lord. I remember Katie and I being there when we were in this season of transition. We felt it. It was weird. Didn't really know what to do. So we sought the Lord through fasting, through prayer. And can I tell you, we didn't wait on a church on the church to call a fast. No, we needed direction from the Lord and we began to pray and fast ourselves. Listen, if you find yourself there at a crossroads or at this decision point and you don't know, pray, fast and seek the Lord. So listen, just stop, analyze and ask the question, what decisions are 
in front of me. And listen, don't look for clarity. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be clear. When Katie and I were in that time of seeking the Lord uh, guidance, his direction, and we were fasting and, and, and praying, there was no clarity, right? Because we don't live by clarity, but we live by faith. But there was this guidance that we said, listen, this looks like the Lord. And you can have a lot more confidence when you have taken the time to seek the Lord through prayer and fasting compared to just uh, making a quick decision in haste. But yet you say, no, I've sought the Lord. I'm praying. I fasted. And I feel like this is God. And as you begin to move in that direction, he'll lead. He'll leave little blues clues along the way that says, hey, this is me. Continue to walk in that way. But we we don't afford ourselves that opportunity, family, when we don't fast and pray. So fasting gives us direction. And here's the third thing I want to get into today and what fasting does. And it's this fasting breaks resistance. Go ahead. Write that down. Fasting breaks resistance. Are you familiar with the movie Waterboy? I think that's the name of it. I don't know. I hadn't seen it in a while. But you know the character Waterboy, Adam Sandler. And in the movie, his mother is always like, no, 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 no. That's the devil. Don't do that. That's the devil. You can't do that. That's the devil. Uh-uh, you will not do this because that's the devil. Everything was the devil. Can I tell you, some of us, we're living like Waterboy's mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're blaming everything on the devil. We don't get in line in time or, or excuse me, the line is too long at Chick-fil-A. Well, this must be the devil, right? They, they, you, 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 you call to, to order and all of a sudden they're not taking uh, call-ins. You got to show up. <laughs> You're like, well, this must be the devil. Listen, family, everything's not the devil. Can I tell you, oftentimes what we call the devil is really a lack of discipline. Yeah, that sometimes because we lack discipline in certain areas of our lives and we have to live in the result of that lack of discipline and instead of taking responsibility for the habit that we have developed or the situation that we have allowed ourselves to get in, we say, oh, that's the devil. No, 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 that's not the devil. That's us and our lack of discipline. And so that's why we're in this collection so good because we're saying we're talking about habits. What are healthy habits? What are holy habits that we need to develop so we can move away from this elementary way of thinking that says, well, if it goes wrong, it must be the devil. Instead, we're looking inward and saying, Lord, are there some areas in my life that lack discipline? So we need discipline. But the reality is, family, no, there are times where the resistance we face, it is spiritual. It has nothing to do with the lack of discipline. But there are, there is spiritual resistance. There's just this, this opposition that we feel that we're facing. And scripture alludes to that in Ephesians 6, 12, where it says this. Paul says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places so paul is being very clear listen the the fight the the wrestle is not against flesh and blood that's why you should never make anyone your enemy that's why you shouldn't look at someone as 
your enemy. Because Paul is very clear. He says, listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. So now it begs the question, okay, what is a principality? Well, let's break that word down. So the word prince there, it means ruler. And palatine is city, right? Think of uh, municipals, right? Think of, 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 of cities, of, of local governance. So it's saying a ruler of a city. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of cities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this age. So principality means ruling. So in other words, there are spirits over a city. And can I tell you, there are principalities over Huntsville. There are principalities over Madison. And it's different for every city. So that's how even, even as close as they are, Huntsville feels different than Madison. Madison feels different from Huntsville. Huntsville is different than, than Nashville. Nashville's different than Atlanta. Atlanta's different than, than Birmingham. Birmingham's different from Montgomery, whatever the city is, right? Because there are different principalities that have been that are in place over these cities and try to keep these cities tied down, bogged down to whatever specific issue or uh, spiritual stronghold that may exist. So every city is different. Every city is unique and has its own principality. And their job is to interrupt what God is doing. They are territorial. That's why, that's why it's difficult to advance without opposition. And so here we are, we're, we're a church that's saying, Lord, we're looking for a place for land to put our stake in the ground. Well, listen, family, there's going to be opposition to that because when we do that, we're taking back territory. And yes, oftentimes that can be looked at as spiritual, but there is a, a physical element to that as well because different things that happen on that land. So understand this, family, we can't advance without opposition. So don't shrink back because you face opposition. Don't don't give in the towel because you face opposition. No, keep moving, keep pressing, keep moving forward because it's part of advancing. But listen, family, here's what we need to do as we face that opposition. As we face opposition, our response has to be to fast. Yeah, because fasting, it, 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 speeds things up. Fasting brings breakthrough. Fasting pushes us through. Fasting gets us over the hump. Fasting tears down the wall of opposition. Look at Daniel 10 verse 12. It says this. It says, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Then look, look at verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So what's happening here is that Daniel, he's been seeking the Lord. Uh, he's made room for his life for God, for the insight, for what he's seeking him for. And the Lord is trying to get this message to Daniel, but there's resistance. There's resistance because the messenger is being held up by the prince of Persia. And so what happens is Michael, 
he comes to then help this messenger so that this message can get to Daniel. For 21 days, the angel was trying to get the answer to Daniel, but there was a spiritual battle taking place. But you know what was happening? Daniel was fasting. So then it makes us ask the question, how long would it have taken for this message to get to Daniel if he had not been fasting? Because through his fasting and, and praying, the resistance was being taken down. It was being broken down. So my question is for us, are there cycles? Are there things that we find ourselves stuck? Places that maybe it's spiritually, we feel like we're, we're in a funk. Uh, maybe it's in other spaces and areas of our lives, we feel there's no progression. There's no, no movement forward. Well, here's the question. Are we fasting? Because what fasting does, it breaks the resistance because there are things spiritually that are going on that we don't see. And what fasting does, it breaks the resistance. So listen, family, we must be people who fast. We must be people who take the time to say, Lord, I'm going to push the plate away to seek you. And as we close, I want you to understand, listen, don't treat fasting like your taxes. You know, it's tax season. We do them once a year. So don't treat fasting like your taxes. In other words, let's move fasting away from being a once a year practice to a daily practice. How do you do that? Well, listen, pick Wednesday. All right, it's the middle of the week. It's hump day. You're tired. You're looking forward to Friday. Listen, pick Wednesday and say, Lord, here's a moment where Monday and Tuesday may have gotten to me but I'm removing the distractions. I'm making room for you to see resistance broken in my life, to seek your guidance, to simply make room for you. I'm, I'm fasting. Maybe it's breakfast. Maybe it's lunch and then you eat at dinner or whatever it is, but you're taking time weekly to fast and make room for the Lord. Now we set this up front. Don't fast alone, but combine fasting with prayer because fasting without prayer is simply a diet. And here's one, here's a, here's a good way to, to activate, to get us going in this is to give God the first of your day in whatever way that looks for you. Maybe you work overnight. So getting up early in the morning is not a good idea, but it's the principle here that I want you to get. Look at Mark 1 35. It says this very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Again, apply that to your context, but it's this, this idea that, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm giving you the first. I'm giving you the best. I'm, I'm seeking you. Psalm 5 verse 3 says this, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and I wait expectantly. Come on, there's something happens when we seek the Lord. There's an expectation that we can build up and develop to know that he hears us and he responds to his people. And here's a practical way to help us develop in this. It's the first 15. It says, well, I'm going to spend five minutes in the word that I'm going to develop, or excuse me, I'm going to uh, find a Bible reading plan 
the YouVersion Bible app is a great place to start, or even within the TBC app. I'm going to engage in five minutes of worship. And maybe that's that's part of that time. Maybe it's no words, right? Maybe it's it's just simply instrumental. Maybe there's a song that the Lord's placed in your heart for you to sing. And then five minutes in prayer where you can pray the word. In fact, we've put together the TBC prayer guides because oftentimes it's not that we don't pray because we simply don't want to, but it's because we don't know how. And so the prayer guides, which are available online at the Becoming Church dot org as well they're available digitally just as well as physically and you can take that guide and look at the different form prayers and begin to shape your prayer life family fasting and prayer those are principles or practices that we need to apply to our life and i love what theologian dallas willard says when he says this fasting confirms our utter dependence upon god by finding in him a source of sustenance beyond food. So one of the difficulties of fasting is we miss the food. But family, I think we need to look at it in a different way. That fasting is actually feasting. That uh, that, that fasting is confirming my utter dependence on God by finding in him a source of sustenance beyond food. So I'm being fed. I'm actually feasting. And when we step out of this, these seven days of fasting and prayer, we say, God, you did something because it's not even about the answer that we received, not even the guidance, not even the, the breakthrough and all those things are possible. But it's not even that. It's this that I've drawn closer to you And the closer we are to God family, the better we position our soul to be healthy. Come on, let's pray. Father, we're grateful and we're thankful for these moments. Lord, thank you, God, for your word to remind us, God, that we need to not just pray, but also fast and pray. Because, Lord, prayer connects us to you and fasting disconnects us from the world. God, it's important. It's vital for our soul. God, you say, what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose their soul? And so, Father, help us in this season of fasting and prayer. Lord, that is not even just that a season, but Lord, it becomes a practice. Something that, Lord, we implement as part of our lives to draw close to you and disconnect from the world so that we can hear you. So that we can have guidance, so that we can make room for you, God, so that resistance can be broken in our lives. So, God, we thank you and we're expected. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, we love you. We're grateful for you. Listen, we're so excited for these seven days of prayer and fasting and looking forward to all that God is going to do. And don't forget, on January 28th, uh, we're going to close out these seven days with a pursuit night, a night of of prayer and worship and just really uh, expecting God to do amazing things. So stay connected uh, via social And uh, listen, we will see you next Sunday, January 28th. We love you and uh, be blessed.